drive, you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. We do it on the house. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Uh, joining you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. All right. So 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Got an update to start the show out with here tonight. And it's a little bit of good news. You know, sometimes this happens and we like to share it with you. It's good news. It's kind of in relation to the bad news that has gone before. So it's probably mostly balanced out by the bad news in this particular situation. We're talking about Indianapolis, and we mentioned this to you over the weekend. If you heard the Saturday show, there there was some discussion of the police officer who was driving at 11 in the morning with a .19 blood alcohol content, more than twice the legal limit. Now, that's a .19 taken uh, with a blood test and taken two hours after the incident in which he crashed into two motorcyclists, killing one of them and putting this another. in a police vehicle, right? He was driving, I believe it was the police SUV at that time, yeah. Uh, so he put one of them in the hospital and the other one he killed. So it's kind of hard to balance out that kind of negative news, but there's a little bit of good news in, the, in that situation because what we told you over the weekend was that this cop had the DUI charge dropped against him. I mean, they they did a blood test on this dude. It was hours after the the incident. Of course, we pointed out when we covered the story, we pointed out the discrepancy between how the police treat their own and how they might treat you and I. So, for instance, if you or I were to have rammed into a motorcyclist or two uh, in our car and killed one of them and hurt the other, we probably wouldn't have been able to walk away from the scene without taking a, a test of some sort. Or being put in handcuffs and walked into a cage. Um, I spent, as you know, listeners of the show know, nine years in prison. Two of my roommates was George a roommate? Two good friends. Um, both had vehicular homicide charge, DUI homicide charges, and both of them had ten year sentences. Um, so these guys spent. Jeez. In in both cases, you know these are this was prior to the, the Florida cracking down. But uh, now you'd probably get eight and a half years for, and you do eight and a half years off of a ten year uh, a bid. So that's what the normal people would get. By right. the way, one of them was actually drunk and killed a drunk driver. So I mean, there's no mitigating circumstances. So this hero uh, decided that. Well, they, I guess the his buddies in the police department decided they were just going to let him go home. You know, hey, take take a load off, man. You, you've had a tough day killing people and running into <laughs> motorcyclists, and uh, we'll just see you later on. You, you can come in when uh, when you get a chance. And so they let him come in, and then he he, he took the blood test, and they throw out the blood test because they botched something up. And, of course, my speculation on that was, well, his buddies in the department made an oopsie. Now, of course, we know that the cops botch things up all the time. Uh, it, usually when the, the cops are going after somebody, in a lot of cases, it turns out they make some mistakes. You just never end up finding out the mistakes they make because most people plead guilty. Take a plea, plea bargain. And so they never get to look at discovery. They never get to, uh, to find out anything about what the so-called case is that the state has. And that may be the case here, right? That maybe they just legitimately blew it. 
Or, on the other hand, maybe they were blowing it on purpose so as to, you know, avoid one extra charge for their buddy in blue. Yeah, it's it's hard to make the claim that these guys are uh, stalwart bastions of, of uh, justice when they let him go home after the accident. Yeah. So, but there's an update in the case here. According to the uh, AP in Indianapolis, the police chief has demoted his second in command <laughs> and two other officials saying they oh, mishandled. Oh, the second in command was the, the mishandling. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, saying they mishandled how they dealt with an officer's involvement in a motorcyclist cl- uh, crash death earlier this month. Chief Paul Cieselski announced the actions Saturday at a news conference with uh, the mayor and the public safety director. He said, members of my leadership team failed me, my department and the public, said the uh, one of the, I guess it was the public safety director, said the dem- demotions are about failed leadership at the scene. They didn't take command and manage the scene properly. The three demoted were the assistant chief, deputy chief, and homeland security commander. <laughs> they will now hold the rank of lieutenant. You know, they, so which means they're still management, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they don't like that, that sort of demotion, but... It's, I mean, it's an unusual level of uh, departmental spanking for a governmental bureaucrat. I mean, it, indeed, it's but something. Isn't this criminal activity really? Isn't protecting making a botching up the the blood test? Come on, I, it, could have been a mistake, Mark. They let the guy go home. They're, you know, this they, they're always so good at covering for themselves. They sent this guy home. He was home for two hours, drunk after you know being drunk and killing two motorcyclists in his police vehicle. And what they get is a demotion. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're never going to be able to check on this. No one's ever going to be able to check for me. Right. No one's ever going to say anything. But I'll bet. I'm just willing to bet a hundred bucks. These guys will be back at their positions in two years. That this is just, you know, so we're just, oh, they had a little meeting. All right, guys. Do you think they got a pay cut or is it just a demotion? That's another question, right? Yeah, you never know. Like, did they just change their oh, title? Oh, no. There you're getting into the union rules, so probably not. Probably not. What I wonder is, did they give him a field sobriety test? Because that'd be a pretty standard thing for any DWI. So even if you My screw up. No. If you screw up the blood test and that gets thrown out, they would still have the video of him probably miserably failing the they, sobriety test. Their claim was that he did not, and uh, the people that were at the scene claimed he did not appear to be drunk, which mm. is why they were surprised when he came back with a .19. And the explanation for that is that uh, experts uh, regarding people who are alcoholics, for yeah, instance, they can will, be very good. Will say that yeah, I mean the, the, the this guy was drink it was drunk twice the legal limit at eleven in the morning. So, wow. so somebody like that has a problem, and they are a, a professional, basically, at covering it up. This guy was drinking on the job, driving while drunk, and is such an Plus, alcoholic. They're that, used to seeing him that way. Well, right. Well, well, well and, how does that get by the department? I mean, how are these? Do these other cops not know that this is going on, or are they just turning a blind eye and saying, "Oh, well, you know, that's that's Joe." Well. Maybe they, maybe he wears a lot of cologne uh, to cover the sort of that, that, that alcohol smell that kind of leaches he through was, your pores. He was on street duty at that time, and so when he comes in to work, he doesn't have to go in and do things in the office. He pretty much just checks out the uh, the SUV and then gets hit, hits the road. So there's a very li- there's a very limited amount of uh, physical interaction he has with other officers for them to be able to even identify this. And whether they would identify it or not, even if they could identify it, maybe they'd cover for him too because they're his buddies of course who yeah. knows 
But they still have roll call that they all sit down and get a briefing of what's going on. I don't what know. To it's not the for. understanding that I got from from having read a, a few. I'd be the, amazed. I, having read a few of these articles about this situation, it was just my understanding this guy had his assignment. He was on assignment to be on the road, and so mm-hmm. he'd show up, get in his car, and head out. Uh, pretty much clock in, get in the car, head out. There there wasn't any kind of uh, meeting or anything like that in advance. But nonetheless, when he did, was on the scene, you know, he was supposedly acting distraught and they couldn't tell that he was drunk. And so it has to do with some alcoholics just don't have the tells because they're just so used to being that drunk. It doesn't mean they're not impaired. It just means that they, they've adjusted themselves yeah, to, I, that, to that level of drunkenness. I, I, you make it seem all so plausible. So, and and the story here doesn't go into detail. When, to, when I hear numbers like that, point uh, one nine, uh, you know, I mean, to me, that's just s faced. You're talking about the legal limit being point zero eight. So, yeah, but that's not s. I mean, that's not really drunk. Point well, zero eight isn't really drunk. Uh, no. Point one nine sure is. That's drunk for sure. Yeah, isn't it like point three or point S-faced four that you're three, at risk of dying? Yes. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Alcohol kill you, man. Oh, I know that. I just didn't realize it was that uh, that, that was the risk point for uh, for death. Anyway, it doesn't explain what the mistakes they made were. They're not talking. Well, our officers did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. So we don't have any idea exactly what the uh, the procedure was that they blew uh, that they blew. But nonetheless, they've been demoted. Which you know, I'm trying to find a little bit of good news here. Okay. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Oh, yeah, and they weren't at the press conference, so nobody could ask them any questions. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You have got to check this podcast out, man. It is heavy, man. It is so, it's like my brain is just going like, wow, man. It's just like, whoa, it's, it made me feel so good. It made me feel like, oh, man, I can't believe how great I feel just from listening to this podcast. This podcast is incredible. It helped me to relax and feel better about myself because it's verbalsurgery.com baby this is free talk live and you are invited to take control of the airwaves just dial in and bring up anything at 800 800- 259-9231, SACL CAI, toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site. They are free, including our news updates. You can get signed up, and we'll uh, clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up for free. You get uh, you can get them via email or Twitter or Facebook, whatever way works best for you. News.freetalklive.com. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers become law enforcement officers. It's an epidemic of police brutality and murder across our society. The answer? Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Check out freedomcam.net. They offer discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while you video. It's freedomcam.net, and they're having a summer sale on spy video cameras at freedomcam.net. One of the other things you can do if you're looking to affect change beyond just videoing the police is to non-cooperate with them as well. And I mean, not just with the police, but with the system. There's some other news here. And this is this is actually, I think, pretty good news. We started out with a little bit of good news. 
But this is darn good news from Massachusetts, which is another place you don't expect to hear good news about freedom coming uh, from. Coming from. Uh, some towns in Massachusetts, according to tokeofthetown.com, have given up enforcing the state's marijuana law, which decriminalized the possession of small amounts of pot, saying the law is written with too many loopholes to be effective. The decrim, uh, decrim law established a civil fine of $100 for those caught with an ounce or less of cannabis. Now, just to uh, contrast here for a moment, we read a story uh, just, I think, within the last week about a, a man in Texas who is now looking at, oh, I don't know, life in prison, I think, for having a half an ounce of cannabis and hashish. So in uh, Massachusetts, that same amount of uh, marijuana will get you a $100 fine. Just huge discrepancy there. Anyway, the punishment uh, replaced what had been a criminal offense, penalty of six months in jail and a $500 fine also for possession of an ounce or less. So they changed that to make it a $100 fine and that's it. But the decrim law, which voters overwhelmingly passed in November of 2008, doesn't require offenders to correctly identify themselves, nor does it give a way for the cities to make them pay the fines, say uh, the Associated Press. What has resulted is a patchwork of marijuana enforcement across Massachusetts, as some communities continue to hand out hundreds of the $100 civil citations for pot, while others look the other way when it comes to personal cannabis use. Good. Uh, Wayne Sampson, the executive director of the Massachusetts Chiefs of Police Association, says a number of communities have tried, but the number or but a number have just given up. Most civil citations, such as speeding tickets, carry consequences for those who fail to pay the fines. In some cases, the cops can even file criminal charges against people who fail to pay. But with uh, Massachusetts decrim law, they cannot do so for simple possession of less than an ounce of marijuana. The only resource for city and town clerks is to take offenders to small claims court, which they say is not worth the time or effort (laughs) to collect a $100 fine. The poor bureaucrats, their system is just so unwieldy they can't even use it themselves. Right. Now, is this sounding familiar? I mean, this I think this ties right in with some of the activism that we've seen going on up here in New Hampshire. People up here, uh, the the liberty activists that have moved in here as part of the Free State Project and some of the the locals that have gotten excited as well, uh, many of them have embraced the ideas of non-cooperation and and burdening the system. Now, we haven't seen these government bureaucrats here coming out and bemoaning how they can't afford to prosecute. They're they're throwing everything they can uh, at these uh, these activists that are are doing non-cooperation and civil disobedience. However, a story like this shows that there is a definite breaking point uh for the state they're, they they are looking at to some extent at the costs of of doing these things of doing these prosecutions and that the more of this that there uh the more non-cooperation there is the more likely the state government people are going to throw their hands up at some point and say ah, we can't do this anymore because if people stop obeying if they stop going along to get along the state government people lose their power they lose their control. And it's so true. I sat up there. You had a parking ticket recently, a $5 parking ticket mm-hmm. that you took to trial. And that trial, it was it was just comical to me because they spent as much time doing the $5 parking ticket trial as they did for Catherine Bleich for resisting arrest in Nashua. 
maybe a little less. So it had, hers was like an hour, two hour trial, and mine was maybe th- forty five minutes or something. Okay, like that. yeah, but but, but forty five of the same yeah. work, all of the same time went into it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable that they would waste that kind of time for five bucks. Oh, the, they, the guy who went through your change uh, at the metal detector cost them five dollars. <laughs> when it cost them five dollars before you walked into the courtroom. Yeah, but a lot of those guys are salaried, right? I mean, they're. Uh, I, I don't. I guess maybe the uh, the bailiffs are getting hourly money, but nonetheless, they're but being it, paid it crea- to be there. It creates anyway. a demand, though. If enough people go and um, and do this, and I understand in your specific instance, you know, not so much, but it still, by the way, costs them well over the five dollars. Oh, of in, course, in multiples of that five dollars, but. Yeah, if fifty people brought their uh, their their parking tickets in per day, my goodness, they'd absolutely have to have more bailiffs, right? Because yep. they have to make sure that it, nobody has any metal in here, except for the cops. From. They can have it. Yeah, that's true. So, so this is a really great example. The story out of Massachusetts is a great example of mass scale non cooperation. Now, you can argue and you can say, "Well, yeah, but the law doesn't require da 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 da," and people know that, and that's true, right? So, like people, the word, the what happened is the word spread. It was word of mouth that defeated this because somebody took a look at their their rules and said, "Huh, okay." <laughs> so they can't really enforce this if I if I say no because that's the real issue here is helping people find the courage to say no because saying no can inevitably lead to spending some time in a jail cell for instance when you're here in New Hampshire I don't, it's it's a different system here right I mean it's, it's different slightly different all around the country so here in New Hampshire I don't think they would have to have some sort of uh, specific if you don't pay then this happens in the law because we already know that anytime you don't pay a fine in New Hampshire there's uh, there's jail time that you're looking at uh, it's a fifty dollar a day credit that you when you sit in jail they say all right hundred dollar fine for marijuana if that's what it was here and it's not it's much more draconian up here but if they were to do that then you'd go to jail for for two days. They wouldn't need those provisions here, so it would be a little bit different. So you can make excuses for the people down in Massachusetts to say essentially that they're not courageous by what they did, but I still think there's some level of non-cooperation going on there. There's some level because... It may not be co-op. I, I don't care whether it's courageous or not. That doesn't matter to me if they're they're not uh, doing the Gandhi thing where they're all walking towards the, uh, the salt mine and getting whacked in the head by people with sticks. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is this is the marketplace, and to me I imagine the marketplace is this river that when you put an impediment in its way it, it works its way around, and mm-hmm. this is just the marketplace working its way around something and it's it's showing that the you know in this case the bureaucrats uh, you know their, their system allows for these referendums or call them what you want on the ballot and people put this on the ballot and essentially made marijuana legal even though there was supposed to be a hundred dollar civil fine there's no way to really enforce it I, I think courage though is a big the biggest factor in all this because in order to disobey the state you have to be willing to sort of step outside the box you have to be willing to step outside your personal comfort zone because they're still handing you a ticket that says you must pay. Uh, they're likely, you know, they're going through all the motions that they normally go to, and people aren't, they're not doing it. And I think that's great. More coming up. You take control. It's free talk. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can, by the way, join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Our Shrine of Female listeners is there with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you tired of reading about the loss of liberty? Now, for the first time, a novel showing how liberty can realistically triumph. Progress by Charles Stample. Order a copy from Amazon or for a free PDF of Part 1, write progressanovel at gmail.com. Experience a libertarian revolution. Progressanovel at gmail.com. All right, so we're here tonight. Sam is with us from ObscuredTruth.com, and you just put up a fresh video up there. I did, yeah. I've uh, started working through the uh, music, uh, the bands and stuff that played at Porkfest, and I'm doing uh, Rumors of War probably oh, cool. tonight, later tomorrow. This guy's rock. Yeah. Uh, so head over to ObscuredTruth.com, get some great liberty-oriented videos, or in this case, just uh, some uh, music, music videos, videos from yeah. people within the liberty movement up here in New Hampshire. Uh, so we're talking about uh, something that's gone on down in Massachusetts where the government bureaucrats, in many cases, not everywhere, but in, in a lot of the, the towns, are saying, well, we just can't enforce these here marijuana laws anymore. Screw it. We're done. And they're just not doing it. They're not even giving out the fines anymore because they, marijuana, uh, there was some, I guess, a change that went through during one of the elections recently. I think it was 2008 where the people of um, Massachusetts overwhelmingly voted to change the marijuana possession ordinances to essentially, or statutes, to reflect that uh, they were going to only just be a fine. So there's no more jail time threatened against people. It was just a $100 fine. And in Massachusetts, they they would have had to have put some sort of provision in there about, well, what happens if you don't pay the fine? They didn't do that. And so basically, the law's... Uh, as far as their the, the jail time is concerned, is, is pretty much non-existent. They can't send people to jail. They can't do anything to them for not paying these fines. And what I was saying earlier, and you disagreed with me, Mark, and more so during the break, and I wanted to, to have this conversation on the air, is I was trying to give uh, these folks credit, the people that aren't paying these $100 fines down in Massachusetts, for having some level of courage uh, in order to do that. Because I think on one hand, they are uh, bucking the system in many cases, probably on the say-so of a friend. How many of the thousands of people... They're saying here that towns were giving out hundreds of these $100 fines and people weren't paying them. So you're talking about thousands of people in Massachusetts who have likely decided to just not pay this fine they've been issued based on somebody's say-so. They, they, they just went along with what their buddies were saying instead of you know, going and, and being afraid of the system and you know, researching it for themselves and, and verifying. Yeah, what, what you're saying is uh, true. There's, like, 
there's a, a certain amount. It's speculation, but there's a certain amount of people that probably did this on the say-so of their friends. There's a certain amount of them, because um, there are thousands of people all over in every state that don't pay civil fines. It happens all the time. A civil fine has no penalty, except, you know, somebody can come and put a lien on your... It does in New Hampshire. If you, you get come, fined in New Hampshire, you go to you go to jail. Do you know the difference okay. between a civil penalty and a uh, criminal penalty? You can't go to jail for a civil penalty. It is a debt. Okay. Oh, really? That's correct. So if you get a civil penalty, somebody can then uh, you know could garner your wages. They can go after your house, put a lien on it, or something like that. But this shows the the lack of the power the courts actually have. They really don't have that much power in the civil arena. People imagine that they do, and that's one of the reasons that they they follow these rules. Well, but consider- these people aren't brave. Don't 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 delude yourself. People all over don't pay civil fines for all kinds of reasons. Well, it doesn't have even to do with marijuana. I mean, I, I talk about laws and things like that fairly often, and I didn't know there was a difference between a, a civil fine and a criminal fine. I figured a fine's a fine. There are people that don't pay criminal fines all the time, and they'll get their licenses revoked, and they, they'll go to jail, mm-hmm. and they'll do all kinds of things. Those people aren't brave either. There, Mark, there might be a small segment of them that are brave that are bucking the system, but most of them are just losers. I, I disagree with that. You're because horrible. Every time I've been in jail, the people there, even if there's like four people in the holding cell that I'm with, they'll start talking about the people that they know, and they all know the same. You know, it's a very tight-knit community because it's a black market. So these these folks talk amongst one another, and I'm, I'm sort of siding more with Ian. I, I think that both are true, that yes, there are people who are just lazy and don't do it. Or because, That's true. I you know, agree. Yeah, they they just don't. I don't have see how you together. could avoid agreeing with that. But I think once the word got out that hey, you don't have to pay these, and they're not going to do anything because it will cost them more to go to small claims court. I think a lot of them just chose to not pay they it. Made on that purpose. active choice. Go into uh, the court, Mark, on a Tuesday or Monday morning and watch people line up and agree to make payments. To I've the been court. there, Ian. So uh, what I'm telling you is that most of these people that are being processed through the system are, you know, they've got their heads down and they're so sorry and thank you, Judge. Oh, thank you so much for finding me. There's this very docile, obedient thing going on. What, what you, where, the unseen there is the people who didn't show up, and you've heard plenty of people's names too. rattled off. Right when they call are those people, people brave? Are they are they heroes? They might have Do they have capes? I don't know. <laughs> Look, Mark, I didn't say everybody was courageous. I'm saying this is an indicator of people are doing something that's a little bit unusual. They they are stepping outside of their comfort zones just a little bit. The average person that goes to court that gets caught, you know, college kid gets caught for drinking, or you know, high school kid, or you know, some young person, uh, maybe people in their 30s and 40s and 50s. These people are so so docile and so obedient. They pay and they pay and they pay whatever they're told to pay. They pay it. Unless they, like you're saying, are a loser and such so lazy that they, they can't even get the payment plan. But correct. if you go in there and you watch these same court cases, you'll find it's the same people doing more more indifferent payments for these same fines. These people don't go in and um, they don't have money saved up in order to pay these fines. Most people don't have money saved up, Mark. Most they, people don't. They live paycheck to paycheck. Sure. But you're, what you're doing is you're attributing courage. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is this isn't courageous made on a um, and mostly not on a conscious level this is people that, that, that they they have a very whether, difficult time making ends meet okay look look uh, i understand what you're saying mark and you're just you're you're just besmirching all of these people and you're calling them losers i'm not besmirching not, them i'm telling you that's it's what not i fair. hear 
If you're if you're willing to let you're your so driver's smart. license, you're look, so brilliant, and look, all these people are losers. That's what, what I'm trying I'm to tell you is, if you've got a family, you've got a wife, you've got a kid, mm-hmm. you let your driver's license, uh, you know, go into uh, uh, suspended mode because of several hundred dollars in fines, and you can't go to work. Yeah, like that falls into the loser category for me. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about. But people these who- are the same kind of people. That's the same issue. Wow, you're really generalizing here, and it's it's unfair. I've told you, you it's already you, Mark. that Is I believe a small a- amount of people do, in fact, do this on purpose. Okay. But the vast majority of these well, people are no just people evidence. that let fines. You, I have, have plenty no of evidence. Ev- no, There's all don't. kinds of civil, civil you're just fines. Making crap up. People just, all over no America. Idea. You've never sat in a courtroom in a, during an arraignment and watched this stuff? What are you talking in about? In Massachusetts? You don't know. In Massachusetts? Yeah, oh, now it has that. to be in Massachusetts for me to watch an arraignment. I have been on... in far more arraignments uh, than you have. And I've been I in several. a very docile, obedient demeanor from most people that are in there. And I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to explain to you is if people are not going along to get along, they're not going along with the system, the system is telling them, you owe a $100 fine. And there's mass non-compliance with that. Right. So just and dismiss what I'm telling all you, those I'm not, people, except for a small percentage, as a bunch of dummies or stupid or, or, losers. or losers is really, I think, sad on your part. I'm, you're, you've, you're, you make me sad tonight. What I'm telling you, Ian, is these people are not the heroes you're making them out to I'm be. I'm not saying they're They're only heroes. being incentivized in a certain fashion. That's all. They're I'm just responding to incentivize. They're, they're just rats in a maze, dude. That's all. They're not making wow, conscious horrible. decisions. No. Yes. You are horrible. Yes, they are making a conscious decision. They've been handed a ticket that says you need to that pay. That has no power um, behind it. They don't know that. Yeah, they, they don't. They find out. They, That's how they get the stimuli. They hear about it. They heard about it. They didn't research it. They didn't verify it. They took the word of their friends. So the rats are talking to each other. That's all. That the stimuli is not there. That's all. If these people got a sti- stimulus, if they had to go to jail for two days for this hundred dollar fine, they pay it. You just think you're hot s, don't you? What are you talking about? One eight hundred two five nine nine. I'm just explaining to you, man. One eight hundred two five. You're lauding these people's I, I think behavior. I'd like to talk to Sam about this without having you barge in with all your uh, besmirching of these human beings. You said you wanted to talk to me in the segment about it. And now I'm tired of it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take control of the airwaves. Uh, you can tell us how you feel about this as well. It is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And if you want to help support the show, you can do that by shopping with us. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com, and when you shop through that link, a, per- a portion of the profits will be sent over to Free Talk Live. So you get the stuff you're looking for, uh, whether it's something you need, something you want, uh, you get it at a great price. In many cases, uh, free Super Saver shipping on brand new items and also even used items. So if you want to save a few extra bucks that way, you can do that too. Just start your shopping through amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, so we're having this conversation that I don't think has been very productive because Mark is just uh, basically positioning himself, posturing as this high and mighty uh, know-it-all, and uh, he's so much better than all these average 
folks down in Massachusetts who are just uh, rats in a maze, as he put it, uh, talking about how it is that uh, what we're talking about is how it is that there's mass noncompliance down in Massachusetts uh, with this hundred dollar civil fine that people are being issued for possession of marijuana. And Mark, I never said. I'm, I'm going to address this at you, but I'm not going to continue discussing much with you because I'm tired of uh, your position. Uh, but, but, you'll, I, uh, but you'll mischaracterize my position as though I'm calling myself <laughs> you better than these other people. in a maze. Right, you never you called that, yourself that because that would be a little too pretentious of you. Um, anyway, you uh, – so I respond to stimuli too. Yeah, I'm sure, not sure. claiming to be brave. I didn't say they were heroes. You put those words in my you mouth. You said brave and courage. What, what are the, what are the attributes of a, of a person who is a hero? I said there was a little bit of courage involved here. You, you know, don't I, start. I didn't get the little bit part. You don't roll out of. Well, you weren't paying attention. Uh, you you don't roll out of bed one morning and all of a sudden you're a superhero. Courage is something that takes time. It takes time to foster within oneself. Uh, I'm. I still don't consider myself particularly courageous, uh, but I know that I've done more than than probably the so average. So these courageous person. people are they acting courageously because they are they they're doing so on principle or because they don't no, want to pay hundred no, bucks? There's no principle involved. They mm-hmm. just they just have found out that they they heard that they don't have to pay the hundred dollars, and they used the information they received from a friend in many cases. Uh, many of them consult with a lawyer. Most of these people don't have the money to uh, consult with a mm-hmm. lawyer. They certainly, uh, I don't understand the laws when I look at them, and so I doubt that they've spent the time to uh, you know, to actually read through these and, and comprehend what uh, what the laws actually say and all the different consequences and, 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 uh, and non-consequences of compliance or non-compliance, etc. They took a little baby step and into the uh, the world of the unknown, basically, they 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 went on the say so that they wouldn't be gone after if they they went ahead and didn't pay these fines. So the ones and, who's uh, paying the fines slip their mind. Did they did they uh, act with a little bit of courage? I don't understand your question. Okay, a certain amount of the you're making the assumption that these people operated on the words from friends and things like that. I'm going to uh, operate on the assumption that some of them didn't pay the that's, civil that's fine, fine Mark. because they forgot. I'm giving you that one. Okay. Okay. Thanks. That's very generous of you. My question is: Are these people courageous too? No, no. That would be an act. That would be something they didn't make a decision on. They they weren't really thinking about it. That's just living life by default. That's not. There's no courage. There. My my contention okay. is that there's a great deal of these people that even if they made the decision not to pay because they heard you didn't have to pay, that they're still living life by default. Maybe Mark, that, I, I'm not going to tell you that you're not right in in uh, in some cases. I'm not going to tell you that. But what I wanted to do was praise people and encourage. Uh, well, courage. And I, think I it's encourage important. these people not to pay too. Good. I think it's important. But to, I but I'm going to call bravery bravery, and I'm going to call courage courage, and I'm like going to call this, somebody who responds to stimuli somebody who responds to stimuli. Whatever, I'm dude. not going to claim that somebody who is just responding to stimuli is being brave. A brave person stands up and says, "No more. I'm not paying these fines. This is ridiculous." That's a person who's brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and if you call something brave there's, that's not brave, you're going to get more of that dumb no, crap. There's, there's more it, bravery in what you said there, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it t- it's, you're talking a whole other level of somebody who's actually willing to stand up and say, F you and your fines, I'm not paying them, versus somebody who's just going to say, oh, okay, I'll take the ticket and then never, and have no intention of paying it. It's not even both a ticket, dis- but yeah. Both display some level of courage, but one is certainly greater than the other. It, it is a ticket. They're writing people tickets uh, for $100 fines At for, the time, for marijuana. But they, they have to go to court, don't they? 
I could not tell you that. It I guess would, they're not showing up for court either. It would in make a lot sense of cases. that they wouldn't have to go to court. I, I'm not sure about all that. If you're down in Massachusetts, you've had to deal with this. We'd love to hear from you. You can maybe explain a little further exactly what happens. But my purpose here wasn't to say this was, you know, that these that these guys are at the level of like a Lauren Canario or some kind of, uh, you know, heroic civil disobedience uh, super activist. They are just a, uh, some of them, not all of them, are at a level where they've stepped outside of their comfort zones just a little bit because the state is a the state is a scary thing. I mean, these people calling themselves government are scary. We know that in many cases, when you disobey, there are consequences. And to just go ahead and uh, and not and and not do something that the state government people want you to do based on something you've heard, I think you know, okay, there's a little bit of something. There's a little bit of courage there, and I think people deserve to be. Uh, I think they deserve to to have that um, appreciated about them rather than, you know, crapping all over them and saying, well, you're just a loser. So anyway, Sam, I just, you know, kind of wanted to run that by you as somebody who, again, I think is a little further advanced than the average person in their level of non-cooperation and, and things like that. And I, I, and get your thoughts on what's going on down there. I, I think they are baby steps. And I think it shows that if you do things in mass, that it can sort of clog up the system and cause them to throw their hands up. I think it's a huge thing just hearing this. Like we talked to the uh, one of the Shane Maxfield, one of the keen police officers here, and what does he tell us all the time? Well, they did it down in Mass. You guys should use the system to to get the marijuana laws repealed up here. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have this ballot initiative where people can put something on the on the ballot and vote it into uh, into the statutes. That's true. So, you know, I guess first we're supposed to go and change all of that and then come back and then do the vote. And it's well, just, the idea would be you'd go and beg to a representative to introduce uh, such a piece of legislation that they yeah, vote on. How it. That long does that take? It just gets so ridiculous. Whereas when people, enough people are just willing to say no more at whatever level that is, then change starts to happen. It's yes. inevitable. Again, I'm glad you pointed out the uh, them doing it in mass because that's a big factor toward encouraging people to take those baby steps is to seeing other people doing something, to seeing other people refusing to pay, to seeing other people and watching what happens to them and seeing what the consequences are of, of their choices and saying to yourself, oh, that wasn't so bad. You know, even if they were uh, found guilty or something like that, mm-hmm. like here in New Hampshire, sometimes activists are found guilty. They'll, they'll go to jail for a few. It's not the worst of, uh, of all situations. And they've got people supporting them. You've got mail to jail. It keep, gives them something to do when they're in jail. And so people joining together in mass noncompliance, even if it's just these little baby steps, encourages others to take those steps. If right. the first person, if everybody had just taken that $100 fine and said, okay, I'll pay it then nothing would have happened down in Massachusetts. Somebody said, well, I'm not going to do this. And then maybe they use the law as their excuse. And I don't see it in the law that I have to. Fine, whatever. It's still, it's still some level of not going along to get along, not just obeying for the sake of obeying for whatever the government bureaucrats say. And when they start spreading this by word of mouth, that is absolutely uh, liberty, liberty-minded outreach. They're engaging in activism by saying, hey, I've found out that you don't have to pay this fine. Yeah, and that's not it's not principled liberty outreach. No, the, not the people by that are far. doing this don't get, you know, the ideas of liberty. They just figured out a way they don't have to pay for their $100 fine and they're going to they're going to do that Woo-hoo. because it's the the right thing to do. It's a smart thing to do in in that situation. And so 
we don't need to explain the the principles of liberty to everybody out there inside the system. We just have to give them clear benefits as to what happens if they take the you know the non cooperative option. Like, and we're going to start doing this at some point, some level of courtroom outreach where uh, folks are going to go up to the the court and start handing out information to the people that are there to be abused uh, at the arraignments. And look, here's what'll happen if uh, a bunch of people five ten percent. Don't take the plea bargain and, and say not guilty. And the people that go uh, that that take a not guilty, that's even a h- much higher level of courage. Here it certainly is. Um, it, taking the not guilty plea might very well end up getting you some far worse sentence than you would have gotten already. And likely, once uh, the activists start handing out these pieces of paper, these handbills, encouraging people to take stuff to trial, the judges will will you know redouble their efforts to, uh, to, to 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 beat them down. I. That's where we may have to have the uh, staff attorney on board uh, at some point, and when will when that will become possible is another question. But uh, one of the ideas from the CD Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org is to essentially hire an attorney whose job it is is to basically reach out to these folks. Hey, I'm uh, you know so and so from CD Evolution Fund, and I'll take your case for free if you plead not guilty. <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> that's pretty unusual, right? And so that's going to encourage people to uh, to jump on board with non cooperation as well. And one more thought about this whole mass thing: uh, chances are, in the beginning, whoever figured this out probably was a liberty activist or somebody that was fairly far along in the process. And just like we've seen here, it usually only takes one or two people to lead the way and and sort of open up the beachhead and then other people feel more comfortable stepping in and saying yeah i I can do that too absolutely most people are going to be the joiners and that's okay but giving them the the comfort level that they need to step out of a little bit of their comfort zones is important free talk live attention all active duty members and veterans of the u.s military your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special va loan programs with benefits not available to the general public Like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance. Or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. Main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to control the content of the website. When you see something online that you think is pretty useful, pretty interesting, you take the link, you put it into our site, maybe type up a little description uh, about what it is, and then other listeners will vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked suggestions will make it to the front page and the top of our website, meaning we are more likely to discuss them here on the air. So the the, the stories we've been talking about tonight came from our website, uh, came from listeners like you 
submitting that content. So thank you uh, to everybody who does that. And uh, if you haven't tried it yet, give it a shot over at freetalklive.com. You'll find that everything there is completely free. Let's jump into your phone calls. You can bring up anything, ladies first. Julia is on the line in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Julia. Hello. You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hey. Um, Well, you guys talking about the thing that happened in Massachusetts just reminded me of um, income tax. And I really think that we won't have, we won't be able to completely overthrow this system, you know, the decrepit whatever system, until we protest income tax. So where do you think people are with that one? Well, I don't pay. But I think most people do. Although there's a good amount of people that don't. There are a lot of people that are underground. Yeah, that kinda... it's surprising. Um, the basic, basically, if you if you work for yourself and you don't get 1099s and things like that, you could stay off their radar. Uh, that you know, you really you just don't have to pay. They're not likely to come after you, even if they do have information that you're not paying. Um, it's it's unlikely. They seem to go after big fish that make a lot of money. Wesley and, Snipes and, and people that are famous. Those are the ones, and people that advocate for not paying. Um, so you know, those are the those are the ones they target the most. And usually, if if they uh, the people that make a lot of money actually do file. They just, you know, they have tax attorneys and things like that so that they can uh, minimize their, their footprint. And they, you know, they create offshore accounts and, and offshore corporations and, and they may manage to hide their, their wealth. But the number is 60 million Americans don't pay income tax. And it's a, it's a fear campaign, too, because they always pick out like Wesley Snipes. They'll wait right before the April 15th, the terrorism tax season, and they'll pick these guys out to make an example of them right before the filing period to remind everybody that now you better pay or this can happen to you. Mm-hmm. So does that answer your question? Uh, well, yeah. I didn't know that it was $60 million. Um, How many do you think we'll have to have before you know they'll really... Start shaking in their boots. Well, I don't. I th- I've heard that uh, the the income tax really doesn't do much more than pay the people in the IRS, um, and it pays interest on the government's debts, national debt. If, yeah. if it goes much farther than that, I'd be. Uh, I mean, remember, there's a lot in the IRS too. But you know, I've I've just heard those numbers. That doesn't make it true. So. You know, I, I don't think they're that scared. Well, they get, no, they well, get a lot of money from a lot of different locations. Right. Ron, Ron Paul said during his 2008 campaign that if they eliminated the IRS, that the government, U.S. government would uh, the, the revenues would shrink to 1997 levels. And I don't know about you, but I consider the government too big in 1997, too. Well, on, on one hand, if a bunch of people, if, if you said 60 million people perhaps don't pay, uh, if all of a sudden that number became 150 million I think that would be pretty great. It would be great from a standpoint of, again, showing that uh, Americans have found some level of courage within themselves and have, have decided to buck the system and, and refuse to go along with it. And I think there's some real value there. But on the other hand, I, I don't think the government cares whether or not it gets the income taxes in because it can always just inflate the currency. What they care about is whether or not you're using their dollars. And as long as you're using their dollars, they're still in control and they have the ability to, to inflate the currency, which means they can essentially steal the wealth directly from your pocket without you ever having to cut them a check. The income tax seems more to me to be about obedience than anything else. Yeah, that's right where I wanted to go is I I don't see it as being sort of a, a tax revolt. Some people are calling for that. But I think what's far more likely to happen is with the government spending, uh, you know, running trillion dollar deficits year over year, and those are continuing to grow, 
is that people are going to start to lose confidence in the dollar. And I think it's, I don't know if it's 40 or 60% of the, of the dollars are outside of the country. And as the dollar loses its status as the world's reserve currency, you're going to see a tidal wave of this fiat money coming back in and demand is going to plummet. It's going to become almost worthless. And, and we might even end up in a, like a Weimar Republic hyperinflation type scenario. Uh, we're only, you know, we're halfway there now with the real inflation is about 7% and hyperinflation is anything over 14%. So I think that's what we're far more likely to see. If the, if the government's afraid of something economically, it's afraid of people giving up the dollar. And, and that's why they came after the Liberty dollar with yep. such, such violence. They came in uh, because the Liberty dollar for many years, for almost a decade, was competing directly with the United States uh, government's currency. And they were getting more popular, especially with the Ron Paul campaign really coming in and them getting behind Ron Paul and that kind of spreading the word about the Liberty Dollar. They swooped in. They uh, they raided their uh, their home offices. They went to the vault. They raided the vault. What's what's really going to be uh, what's really going to help? And they put the Liberty Dollar out of business. And now the uh, the owner is facing criminal charges. So this is a major threat. The idea of Americans bailing out of the dollar and, and adopting some sort of alternative currency is what's really likely going to to scare them. And of course, there's no real indication that that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, I, I hope it does. I hope somebody comes up with something that's viable and that is somehow decentralized to the point where they can't just raid one vault and uh, and take down the entire currency. Well, I think it comes from people like uh, Del Valley Silver, the uh, AOCS guys, uh, the Shire Silver here locally. Uh, people are coming up with all kinds of creative and ingenious methods of uh, creating small amounts, small denominations of silver, of gold, so that you can, like the Shire Silver, I think is probably the best example I've seen. They take little strips of silver or gold, cut them into preset links that are, you know, one gram or five grams, and it's that's like a $1 or $5 card. So having these makes the ability to use them just like dollars, and then there's also an education aspect to it of, Getting out there in the community, educating businesses as to, hey, this is real money. This stuff is And getting is them debt. to adopt it yeah. and accept it and offer it, offer it to their clients, which is what the Liberty Dollar was trying to do. They were trying to bring businesses on board and get them to have Liberty Dollars at their business so people could pay in silver and they could get change in silver and just have this alternative available. And, and so one of the, I think, important steps here in, in making this alternative currency model successful is is the Free State Project. I mean, you, you mentioned the, uh, what, what was it? Shire, Shire Silver. silver yeah. And then there's also Taz Cash, which is another silver-backed, just a paper currency that has silver in different secret vault locations distributed. Uh, so there's two different, at least two different uh, currencies that have popped up here within just the last couple of years in New Hampshire. So if you get liberty-loving people together, it's more likely you're going to see that level of innovation because they can, they can more count on their liberty-loving friends and associates to adopt these ideas and help and help spread the concepts out, whereas if you're just kind of trying to make it work in anywhere else, you're relatively alone in, in your efforts, and that can that can make adoption by businesses a little less likely. And so I think concentrating the activists, as always, is a is a key to success, uh, to successful implement, implementation of these ideas. But Julia, you've been ado- uh, you know, kind of listening to all this. Uh, your thoughts, please. Oh, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's right. Um, ultimately, we need to be able to be self-sustaining and, and trading and within ourselves. And it just brings me back to the idea that I've had for a long time that we need to be buying locally, like buying 
our food locally, supporting yep. locally made products, and then we can be self-sufficient, and it provides a good atmosphere for that kind of thing to grow. And Right, and doing exist. when you do things locally, it makes it also easier to use things like gold and silver, which are uh, completely out of their monetary system, so there is no you know paper trail unless you want to create one. Thanks for the call, Julia. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So again, getting people together makes more of that buying locally uh, with these alternative currencies an option for people. Yeah, and And I think at some point we'll see the option to where you can store silver in a vault and do electronic transactions with people that are not near you. But the the federal government's got to go first, I think. They're not going to allow it. Well, yeah. Well, they they're can't gonna compete. Get used to it, at they least. can't compete. Yeah, that's another thing. Getting people together so we can secede and tell the federal government, yeah, we don't need you anymore. We don't. We didn't really want you in the first place. By now, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those again. That's freetalklive.com. And by the way, those features include our listening options. You want to listen online? We've got different ways for you to do it. Broadband versions or, excuse me, broadband version or dial-up version. Take your pick. They're both free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Alternatively, you can also use our listen lines to call a long-distance number and then listen to the show around the clock. All of those options play the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24-7. All free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here taking your phone calls about what you want, Sam is joining us tonight from obscuredtruth.com. And we will go again, ladies, first to Karen in Delaware. You're on Free Talk Live on the amp lines. Hello, Karen. Hey, how are you? Hey, it's Karen from uh, Del Valley Silver. Well, yeah, thanks for the shout-out. Um, sure. <laughs> You're welcome. I no like shout-outs on Free Talk Live. I, I like what you yeah, guys I'm are really, doing. I'm really, like, surprised when I hear my name. I'm like, whoa, that's me. <laughs> but, um, well, what Julia is, well, was saying is correct, that people need to get their communities together, trading together, and people have to start knowing their neighbors and start educating people in order to start using something that has a greater value than the dollar. People don't know. They have no idea that the dollar's I, worthless. I think they suspect. It was. I think they, they're starting to sort of suspect that. They, what they don't know is, that, well, what do we do about it? What's the answer? Right. Well, I remember when I was uh, when I was a, an associate for the Liberty Dollar down in Florida, I would take it around to s- some places and I would offer it as as payment for things that I was buying. And when you when you when you give that to to somebody, it's it's an ounce of silver. I mean, this is a there's something significant yeah, about it. That they don't people even realize they don't really entirely know why it is that they they like it, but they, just, they like it. Ah, <laughs> and they look at Heavy. it. And they, 
their eyes get all big. And- Usually what you'll find is that the cashier goes in the drawer and buys it, and uh, it doesn't get circulated anymore. I mean, has that been That's your experience, what Karen? To me when I go to different merchant things, I, I go to, you know, different Liberty forums and things. The merchants end up usually taking my silver, even if they don't take silver, and then cashing it in. Hmm. So either way, it's, people are starting to know, and they're starting to use silver. Um, we're coming out with a quarter-ounce round for Live Free or Die if I get my shipment. Uh, I tried to send my shipment of silver through the mail, and apparently I'm going to a real rural area, and we're not quite sure if the post office is going to deliver it. Oh, boy. So, yeah, we're... Man, sending silver through the mail always makes me. So silver sending it through the mail always makes me so nervous because apparently the the shippers will not the the pr- private shippers will not ship UPS silver if they know that's what you're shipping. I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't understand that at all. Why why they won't do that? Is there some kind of prohibition against it? Uh, why would they? Well, uh, there's my my mint does ship it through the postal service and it is insured, but he can't ship anything on a Friday for some reason. It's very strange. I don't know why that is. He has to ship Monday through Thursday. So yeah, so now when did you start Del Valley Silver? It will be a year Constitution Day, so a year next month. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, what have you seen? I mean, because the basic concept is what? Can you pitch it to uh, to our listeners? What is it that you're doing? Well, we sell our silver for $1.50 above spot. We want to get the silver out to the people and teach people how to use it. All of our merchants accept the silver as a premium. Uh, like our auto mechanic will give me $5 over the spot price of silver for each ounce I give them in trade for, you know, getting my car fixed. He'll so give you, wait a minute, run that by me one more silver. time, Karen. He'll, he'll give you $5 over the price of silver on the bill. So, like, so if the bill is $25, you'll give him an ounce of silver and that'll cover the, the bill? Correct. So you're getting a um, discount. My husband has a, has a van, and we got $1,000 worth of repairs done, but we only had to pay $800 worth of silver. So you're getting a dis. Your businesses that are adopting this are offering their customers a discount as an incentive to use it. Yes, we call it. it the coupon you don't throw away. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it it's an amazing business model. I really like it. One of the things I, I like about it is that uh, you don't put a premium on your silver uh, rounds. Uh, so you know somebody essentially gets a, a round for uh, like about twenty bucks or something like that, which is about what it's worth, and they get you, you know you they don't they don't feel like they're paying extra for the for the round. And I that's what I find so difficult to do when um, so many of these these business plans uh, have been around. For instance, with the uh, the old Liberty Dollar one, they wanted when silver was worth about eleven dollars an ounce, they wanted twenty bucks for their uh, their ounce silver ounce, and I'm just I, I just, I just well, wasn't they needed excited competition. about that. They needed sure. uh, nobody was competing with the Liberty Dollar, and now we've got a handful of different alternative currencies. Now yours is specifically regional there to the Delaware Valley and uh, the Delaware uh, region, well, right? Not really. I've got three merchants in New Hampshire already. Oh wow! Now, uh, but you've got I've your own Michigan, silver. You're actually minting your own silver. So that buck fifty that you're charging on top of spot, how much of that is going to uh, the cost of the minting of the silver uh, versus how much? Hey, how are you making money off of this, Karen? Are you making well, money off of this? I make. I pay like seventy five percent of all fees out to the mint, so I don't make a lot of money, mm-hmm. especially if the market goes down. But I sell memberships, and the members they pay ten ounces of silver, which is approximately. 
$200 in today's market for a year's advertising on my site. And I promote them. I, I accept ah. silver on their behalf if they want to sell something online and sell it in silver. I'll accept payment on their behalf so they don't have to ship it. Um, things like that. And it, that's what helps me grow. Right so, you fi- so you've kind of figured out ways to uh, to work around the uh, the outside of the actual sales of the, 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 the rounds. You're, you're not profiting on the, so much, uh, maybe like, what, a quarter or something like that per, per sale of the round, uh, the, the ounce round. But you've you've managed to create a, a create value out of having this sort of business directory that people can go to at uh, is it dellvalleysilver dot com? Yeah, that's it. So uh-huh. there's that's a business exactly right. right. So there's a there's a business directory there. And now, how are you creating that value? I mean, are people going to the website? How are you uh, pitching the businesses to say, look, this is worth it because we're promoting the website to the consumers in this way that's going to actually get the eyeballs there because I don't want to buy ad, you know, an ad space on a website that no one's going to. So how are you convincing them that people are, are using your site for that? Well, we're still new. Right. A lot of the merchants that we have now understand the value of silver and they want silver in their hands. So it's a, it's a learning curve for me. But um, how am I doing that? Well, you sent out an email. More and more. For instance, today you sent an, an email out uh, to all your all your lists announcing a new um, uh, shoot. I can't remember who it was, but a new merchant that was accepting uh, silver, and it had something to do with listening to talk radio online. What was it called? Talkstream Live. So Talkstream Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I went and I went to Talkstream Live to look at what it was that they were doing over there. So mm-hmm. there's a certain level of advertising that's going on. She's building a list and you know Is that the- Delaware based Talkstream Live? It's in northern New Jersey. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because I've been to that website. It's a, it's a site that ranks all the talk radio shows on the yeah. internet based on how many listeners they have. That's yeah, really an awesome site. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hey, Karen, uh, thanks for the uh, the update on what's going on with your business. I'm glad you're still in business after almost an entire year. So uh, that's that's great news. And like you said, you're coming up here to New Hampshire for the Live for Your Die Fest this weekend, right? Yes, I am. Great. We'll probably see you then. I'll be out there. So look forward to it. Thanks, right, Karen. Thanks. Have a great day. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. You'll find a bunch of features there, and they're all free, including our webcam. You go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch and listen to the show. Also, chat, because our chat room's built in there to the very same page. It's all free for you at cam.freetalklive.com, and it's brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They've got them in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery at MemoryDealers.com. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. We continue with your phone calls to Adam in Canada. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Mark, and Sam. 
podcast. You are saying in a podcast I was listening to tonight about asthma and cannabis, pot that is, and you wanted to know how it worked that asthma could be uh, cured by pot use. Yeah, I don't know much about it. What do you know? Well, pot's just about the only thing on earth that you can smoke which will actually dilate your bronchial tubes. Everything else will inflame them. Cannabis smoke actually reduces inflammation. Uh, if you smoke cannabis in conjunction with nicotine or tobacco at the same time, not one after the other, but together, like a mix or clip as they call it, you'll actually negate the cancerous effects on the epithelial cells that line your respiratory tract because the uh, nicotine smoke has to inflame those cells to get to the chromatin inside your cells to generate... Uh, to mess up your genetic code. Hmm. Uh, it has all kinds of effects like that, anti-cancerous, that is. This guy doesn't no. sound very credible on this topic. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, well, I've definitely I've I've de- I've def- on that. We, we've talked about the uh, the anti-cancerous uh, studies. I mean, obviously, I don't know the medical uh, terminology, and that's very interesting. And, and the more they study this plant, uh, the more amazing it is. And, of course, up there in exactly. Canada, you guys are the, – things are a little bit more tolerant up there, though, as I understand. No, from, not anymore. Yeah, things are changing. In uh, the, Harper, is, Harper is making it way worse than even in America. Actually, really? Recently, he changed the definition of a law, which means he didn't have to go before Parliament. He just had to do this in the back room over the course of an hour. Oh, nice. And now if three people are involved in a marijuana a deal it's organized crime where we can go away for five years oh my gosh i didn't realize yeah, it gotten that bad so quickly there was not even a vote he's just a jerk um it's a wow. christian coup in canada now i want to expand on the uh, effects of marijuana smoking because the chinese have known for four thousand years that using it can uh, treat rheumatoid arthritis if it's smoked within 10 minutes of a stroke you can mitigate up to 90 percent of the damage that's very unknown um hmm. Jack Harrow would talk about that a lot before he actually suffered one, and he wasn't allowed to have pot during his speech with him at the hemp festival, so he actually died from that, sadly. Wow. Uh, rest in peace, Jack Harrow. Um, we know that it can prevent Alzheimer's. There's no medicine for that. It actually prevents the plaques from forming, and it can treat them better than any medicine on the market. We also know that uh, about all the other things like uh, MS and fibromyalgia, and it just goes on and on that it's obvious this is really for old people that should be smoking it, which is tragic because we're doing them a horrible disservice by polarizing them against it as they are the voting class. Yeah, and many of them people are so want. afraid. I mean, the, the, you, you, exactly. I've seen these video uh, clips of uh, it's just these sad, sad stories of uh, elderly folks that have horrible conditions and they're afraid to smoke it because, well, it's medicine. illegal and I can't do anything that's illegal. Yeah, and we have them instead on seven array medicines that are just baffling their minds throughout the course of the day instead. And, these, of course, we, they are just doing it to get their pensions for the uh, big pharma. Um, it, I remember this old commercial that was on TV saying, showing kids watching TV in a stone state of mind, with smoke hazing through the room and saying, well, maybe it won't hurt you, and maybe it might be good for you, and maybe it's cool, and maybe this and maybe that. And they said a lot of true things, but you're still wasting your lives which is funny because we found a link between television and Alzheimer's that's pretty strong. So, I mean, those kids who are watching TV are in better shape than the people who are laughing at them. Nothing makes me feel so... I mean, it's it's so sad seeing old elderly people just sitting around watching television. I just... It's so sad. So what if it makes them a little lazier? They're retired. They should be relaxing. And we're there telling them not to do it and to vote against it. And it's pretty much here for them. I mean, I say that I'm not asking you to smoke it. I just want to be allowed to. But when my dad's 70 or 80, I'm going to ask him to smoke it. I'll grow it for him if he wants it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Anyway, I just wanted to say that it's... it's, Great stuff. Old people should should really know this. Elderly people, not to be offensive. But uh, it's here for them. 
It really is. Wow. And, and everybody should be able to use it, but it can age them so much more gracefully. The Jamaican government found out that Rastafarians lived on average two to four years longer than people who didn't smoke or drink. That's an incredible call. I appreciate yeah. the information. Uh, you guys have any questions for Chris here? Nice. Yeah, I'm stunned. Actually, I do. Um, Chris, you still there? Yep. The uh, I, the study that it uh, <laughs> that it Adam. kills cancer cells in the lungs is that? Do you know anything about that? Uh, it prevents the smoke from tobacco if smoked together in one joint or a cigarette, which you, whatever you want to call it, from getting into the inside of the cells. Okay. There are three natural barriers between the uh, smoke and the chromatin inside the nucleus of the cell. And uh, the first is the cell membrane, and that doesn't get permeated because the uh, bronchial dilation prevents those cells from getting inflamed. Man- mar- marijuana smoke is anti-inflammatory. Okay. Uh, back in 75, uh, people tried to give rats cancer with THC, and they found out that it actually cured the tumors they had, yeah. mm-hmm. killing the healthy cells, and it was hush-hushed. Now, so there, right. 35 years. now there are also, uh, cannabis is made up of, of CBNs, and, and there are, I think, at least yeah, 26 different types of CBNs. And basically, based on how the plant matures and and the growing process and so forth, there are all different variations in there. And the government in the United States is is barely studying one when there are at least 26 and all these different variations. They only want to isolate them in products like Marinol and Sativex so that they could be patented for big pharma, and they still want to make it illegal to grow. So there are potentially hundreds of different strains that have different effects that can be very beneficial that we don't even know about because they're not being studied. Yep. Right, right. Okay. Or, or like you, you pointed out, Adam, that uh, they just they find something out that's interesting and they push it under the rug. Thankfully, nowadays we're actually getting more information because of the internet, and some of these studies can actually see the light of day. Whereas before, the the, the system essentially was doing whatever they could to. Oh my God, we can't we can't admit that cannabis could be good. That yeah. it might have positive effects. It's amazing the people that uh, you know say things like uh, they they don't believe it. They just they just are dubious oh, yeah, no, that uh, that marijuana can be. You're just hippies. Helpful. Or or maybe it's giving you schizophrenia. That's why you're rambling so much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's amazing to me. These same people would would never doubt for a second that alcohol has medicinal value. It does. Oh God! But you you know, alcohol has a correlation with schizophrenia four times higher than marijuana. I wouldn't doubt. It's not causation. It's a correlation. You never hear about that. No, I can't say I've heard of that. That's great. That's fantastic. You are so well informed. How'd you get that way? Uh, this is just what I do, man. Right on. <laughs> Sit around and figure it out. Very cool. Thanks for the call and the info tonight. Appreciate it, Adam. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Marilyn is on the line in Kentucky. Marilyn, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hi. Um, I just wanted to kind of spread the word. I don't know if you guys had heard about state-owned nonprofit banking. No. Nope. There's, there's one in the country, yes. North Dakota. I thought it was South Dakota. North Dakota. I'll take your word have, for it. They're not connected to the Federal Reserve or the Wall Street predatory banks. And they've been around for a very long time, as I recall. And, and what's the name of the bank? North Dakota. Uh, State Bank of North Dakota. North Dakota State Bank. Mm-hmm. That they, um, they have $4 billion in their, in their account, and their unemployment is 4%. And uh, I believe it's because they're not connected to the Wall Street Federal Reserve. Any any state can set one of those up. In fact, there's 14 states now trying to do so. Uh, you could Google uh, Florida. And what is the benefit um, of this? I mean, why 
why would uh, someone want to choose that? Because uh, the idea of doing business with us, I mean, I understand that banks are essentially extensions of the state to some extent. I mean, in that they're authorized by the government people to uh, to do these things. Uh, but why would one want to actually bank directly with this a state government? Because the money stays in the state. It doesn't go to Wall Street and get gambled away like a casino. Does that make sense? Well, how would that be different from, say, like a, a community bank where, uh, Mark, what are you, you're, you're, aren't you in one of those credit, credit union. unions? How's that different? Um, they're all individually owned. Well, are, aren't credit unions uh, individually owned in local communities? Credit they unions are. probably. Yeah. They're owned by the, um, it's, there is a difference. These are publicly owned. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel too comfortable. I thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. She's right, though. They aren't apparently insured with a... You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. It's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and you can enjoy all the features there uh, totally free. Now, if you want to support the show, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We will take that money in and reinvest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up. Any major credit card is acceptable. Also, oh, by the way, good news. There was a major problem uh, with the AMP uh, credit card form in that there was an oversight that resulted in only United States and Canada being the options, whereas before we had something like 60 countries in our old system. Somebody pointed that out to me, and uh, so we got that fixed. Now, if you are not in the U.S. and Canada, you should be able to find your country uh, there on our list so our international listeners can once again uh, join up as Free Talk Live amplifiers. So sorry for the inconvenience that has been remedied uh, over at amp.freetalklive.com. So you can use any major credit card. You can use PayPal as well. And there are some alternative options available to get your three bucks a month to us so we can invest it in the show and get on uh, more radio stations, etc. In fact, we're going to have a... I think sometime this week, Mark, uh, within the industry, there's going to be some pretty positive coverage uh, for Free Talk Live. I'm hoping. Yeah, we had a we had a great interview. Right, we had Randall uh, Bloomquist on uh, the air with us on your extended uh, Mark, or I guess the Mark uh, interview series, the Edgington, uh, the Edgington Post. Post interview series. And I, I joined in for that particular conversation. It ended up being an hour long. We put it in one of the the shows last week, and also posted it on the guest. What day was it? Is I don't recall. Listed on the. Uh, you go to freetalklive.com. Yeah. You look at the, the list. You'll see last there. week. And so we had a nice conversation kind of about the business with him, and, and he reciprocated by uh, having an interview with us a couple, day, a couple days ago, uh, and that was a, another hour-long conversation that we had with him about Free Talk Live and you know, kind of the history of the show and how we're different from a lot of the other syndicated uh, radio programs out there in the, the radio industry. And so, so he does this newsletter that comes out on a once-a-week basis. It's called News Talk Edge, and uh, 
the people in the business subscribe to this thing. It's, it's a free email newsletter, so why not subscribe to it? It's got some ideas for program directors and things like that. And it's not going to be a profile on Free Talk Live. He's going to be talking about some of the, the kind of the, the new ways of doing things. And, and Free Talk Live is an example of a lot of those A good things. example, yeah. yeah. A successful example of, uh, of a lot of kind of the new media style success, uh, ideas, freemium, uh, etc. So that should be good for us, you know, because it's, you know, positive press within the industry. And, and it's, it's made possible by listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers, getting, our, getting the word out to the radio industry about this show. Uh, is what the the AMP program is all about. Also, it's not just about that. It's about uh, promoting uh, Free Talk Live to the Internet. And plus, LRN.FM is now an element of the AMP program. So also promoting all the great shows that you can hear over at LRN.FM. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Coming up, I want to talk about, since we had a, a gentleman, uh, Adam, call from Canada, we're talking about marijuana. Seems like a good reason to, to uh, get an update from Mark Emery, who is currently in jail, currently in uh, the U.S. federal prison system. We'll come back to that in a moment. But let's go first to John in Florida. John, you're on Free Talk Live calling from Orlando, and you are one of the people behind the sandwich movement there. What was the organization's name that you decided on? Well, we just uh, started this thing called uh, the City Hall Sandwich Club, but we just thought that would be uh, enough to make a complete mockery of the state, which is kind of our goal. So um, we have the CityHallSandwichClub.com, which pretty soon will have all the pictures and video up of the event. Uh, we did another event on Monday um, as the city council was meeting there, just trying to make a mockery of their laws. Now, and just, like, oh, wait a minute. People. Shouldn't you be in there respecting their process and begging these people to repeal the uh, the homeless, feeding the homeless ban? Of course. You know, they have this, uh, it's an illegal battle again. It's, they expect it'll be about a year and a half until they decide again to, to screw the people. So I have no interest in their system whatsoever, and I plan to just make a mockery out of it in public. No, so, let's rewind a little bit here, John. Uh, just bring our listeners up to speed. The city council in Orlando has banned the feeding of homeless people within a two-mile radius of City Hall. Right, within a two-mile radius of City Hall because, as you said, uh, they don't want to besmirch their palatial offices or whatever with uh, homeless people. It's just completely ridiculous. Um, we have so many homeless here. We have probably about 10,000 homeless people right in the Jeez. general Orlando wow. area, which is pretty significant. Um, we were out there. We were filming. There were families. There were children we were feeding. I actually have some great pictures of some kids having sandwiches and stuff like that. So uh, it's just completely, they completely overplayed their hand. The people will not support this law whatsoever, and there's absolutely no way they can enforce it. It will be nullified. It's actually um, the uh, Council of Mayors, I, I believe is the name of the group, is supporting this. It's all the mayors sort of here in the southeast. And they're, they're supporting this, and they're looking to bring this into other places. Wait, wait, wait. Cities. When you say they're supporting this, do you mean your efforts with the city hall? No, no, no I'm, I'm sorry. They're supporting this ordinance to ban ah. feeding homeless people with an uh, eyes view of city hall. So, um, And this, this is something they're looking to implement uh, all over the country, and it will be nullified right here in Orlando. They have absolutely no game. And um, you know we're making an absolute mockery. We were out there with giant 10-foot-tall signs with Martin Luther King saying disobey tyranny and all kinds oh, of wow. fun stuff. It. And, um, yeah, we you know sent out the press release. I sent an open letter to the city council and the mayor inviting them to come out there to join <laughs> me by illegally feeding the homeless, uh, which was kind of fun. They didn't respond at all. We got some media out there. This Last time I did this, we were all over all the local news stations. Uh, this time, a couple news people showed up, but they never put on the news, which mm. I was discouraged at first, but now I'm thinking maybe this is just old news. Maybe maybe nobody really cares about this law, and maybe it has been already nullified. Yeah, so, I was, I was we'll disturbed see. last night because we were talking about 
about this yesterday because uh, you had sent out the press release. We received it here at Free Talk Live. I think it made it to the front page of our website as well uh, because our listeners voted it up because it's great Excellent. disobedience. It's really just – I mean people talk about the different levels of effectiveness for civil disobedience. This is, I think, really great. It's, uh, it's, it's almost imp- impeccable. Uh, of course, there's always going to be the people that don't like homeless people, and you can't do much about that. But, uh, but you did well, you get a little bit of like, coverage. I, I'm not real fond of homeless people. I do, however, think that this is a disgusting law at yeah. the same time. No, you did get well, a little I bit of coverage say. in advance from WESH, but uh, that's, that's all you got. So one television station ran a story in advance of your event, but I'm looking here at uh, Google News Search, and I'm not seeing anything about it after the fact. Yeah, I, I didn't see anything at all. I was really encouraged once they picked up, because they, they actually picked up the press release before we did the event, which they didn't do last time, so I was very encouraged. I really thought there was going to be a lot of attention out there, um, but uh, we didn't really get it. The people that came out there and interviewed us didn't end up putting it on the news, so that was kind of disappointing. But I was actually on a local AM radio station here uh, talking for talking about it for about an hour here just oh, earlier today. So, so we're, we're getting the message out. And also, you know, all the people, the City Hall is right there in the core of downtown. Everybody that leaves downtown drives right by City Hall. So our giant signs definitely got the word out and got nice. the message out that, uh, you know, we're, we're out there. We so, don't care about your laws. So I take it that means the cops didn't show up with the uh, the APC and it, the rubber yeah. bullets? The, the police were there. Uh, again, they kind of stood in a circle and didn't do anything. Um, I, I pretty much think that the, it'll take a direct order from the mayor to the, you know, the police chief or whatever to, to do anything about it at this point because they're clearly not enforcing it all. How, how many people and, are on your side uh, doing the actual distribution of the sandwiches? How many disobedience do, did you have involved in this and compared to last time? Uh, this time we had about six or seven people out there holding signs and, uh, and, and distributing food. Last time it was just myself and two others. Um, so, but uh, a lot of the uh, the folks that were there to, to eat actually ended up holding signs and, and joining nice. us. Um, what was kind of cool too is we handed out uh, about seventy five t shirts which said City Hall Sandwich Club on them, and uh, so we had this sort of army of you know homeless people and activists <laughs> and that sort of thing. And of course, you know they don't they don't have a whole lot of clothes, so hopefully yeah. they'll all be wearing these t shirts for quite a while. The establishment <laughs> off. That is fantastic. I think nice. it, congratulations, man. This this is round two. You've had uh, they didn't mess with you the first time. They haven't messed with you this time. It got bigger this time around. Although no media coverage was very strange. Uh, I don't know why that would be. It would seem like in a place like Orlando, where there's more media competition, that it'd be more likely that uh, there wouldn't be a blackout. I mean, for instance, here in in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, there are f- far fewer media options, and uh, there was of course the 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 civil disobedience here with the open container. And that's been relatively controversial, obviously, and we actually had arrests uh, on that. And so the arrests and all that made some uh, some uh, it got some news coverage. And then one of the news media uh, local, uh, I guess, newspaper writers had approached Heika, who was the young lady that was first arrested for the the open container. The local activist, uh, the the keen native who has really joined the ranks of the activists in a, in a big way, in a very powerful way. Uh, she approached her, I guess, at her place of, of work and said, look, I want to do a profile on you. And then a week later, the, it hadn't been done yet, and the woman came back in and said, look, I haven't forgotten about you. A lot of, a lot of stuff has come up. And then this week, Heike, uh talks to the woman again, and she says that the, the paper put a stop to it. They, she approached them with the, the, the profile option, the, uh, the editors, I guess, and they told her, no, you can't do a profile on, on And they've, they've never done that before. I, I think part of it is the sort of the freshness, the, the shock value of it coming around the first time is not there. 
but uh, and it and it points out to me that it's really important to get it right the first time to come out big when you're when and you're you've done a great job, John. Ideas. Is it the CityHallSandwichClub.com or just CityHallSandwichClub.com? CityHallSandwichClub.com. Fantastic. Keep us in the loop as to uh, your future efforts. It's good stuff, and I appreciate the call tonight. Hour three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You, as always, are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam joining us from ObscuredTruth.com. You can head over there and enjoy his video work. It's all free. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is our number. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, uh, Sam, you had an encounter on the streets with a politician today, and we will find out how that went. But first, your phone calls, and we go way across the pond uh, to Japan, where Takeshi is on the line. Takeshi, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Takeshi. Nice hey there. to meet you. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I would like to know more about the Free State uh, Project, though. Okay, uh, well, what do you want to know? I, uh, I like to join... But uh, Im- immigration is uh, Tough. difficult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Immigration is certainly an issue. The Free State Project doesn't require one to uh, concern oneself with with immigration. I mean, you can go there and sign up, and then you know, it, it's Figure your it out. it's your intention to move. If something comes up in the way of you moving, then that doesn't mean that you didn't have the intention when you signed up. So, mm, if I point. were in a foreign country, I would sign up for the Free State Project first, create the intention for myself, and then work towards moving. I wouldn't. Uh, jump the immigration hurdle and then sign up for the Free State Project. You guys may uh, have to talk a little slower. Are you sorry. following all that? You can listen to the recording of Free State Project. Or yes, okay. my my English is very very good. Listener, okay. I cannot okay. speak so so well. It is very difficult. But, uh, so I think that's fantastic. How did you get turned on to the Free State Project, Takeshi? Uh, free Talk Live. I listen from uh, internet. Uh, when I am on uh, train, I listen free talk live. It is a very good English skill uh, learning, and uh, oh, I excellent. like uh, very much. Excellent. I, I always wonder about that because we hear from folks sometimes over uh, in different countries around the world who actually do listen to Free Talk Live as a way to hear people speaking English for you know two or three hours straight. So uh, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, yeah. As far as getting here is concerned, I I wish we had more resources that were like underground options for people to just smuggle themselves here and you know get some sort of underground work opportunities. I I'm sure they exist. I just don't know. I'm not tapped into. Well, that. that's something that will be created over time too. Yes, I hope I hope so. Um, because I, I, I think it must be very frustrating for people out there around the world who are hearing about the Free State Project and then they, they try to look into the immigration system here in this country and are very disheartened uh, by what they find in that 
you have to essentially hire a lawyer and have thousands of dollars and hours of time and pour all this effort and and money into this governmental bureaucracy and cross your fingers and hope that they'll actually not lose your application or, you know, basically tell you no. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can be turned around and confused and, and rejected by this intolerant, inhumane immigration system. It's just outrageous. And I'm I'm sorry that you have to deal with that in order to to, to attempt to seek more freedom uh, in your lifetime. I have a research. It is uh, impossible to go to America. I can go to visit on a visit visa, but uh, if uh, if I try to live, I will be uh, uh, cup cup will uh, take me. What if you were to get married? What about the marriage option? Is that does that work? American woman does not like a Japanese man. Oh, they that's what, what the, that's how we should change this. Man. That's that's how that's one of the ways that we might be able to do it. Like actually have uh, free staters, liberty activists that are willing to go ahead and get married to uh, to people who are coming over here, like a contractual kind of marriage. I had a friend in California, uh, an old roommate of mine that was living out there that that met up with somebody, a female that uh, you know didn't have any interest in him personally, but did have an interest in moving to uh, the United States and was interested in paying him basically to uh, to be her husband. Uh, I can that, I can tell you that, that some American women will will marry you. Now I'm not saying they're going to live with you or have sex with you but they will marry you for you know a thousand dollars or something yeah absolutely uh, how do you feel about gay marriage uh, i am not a uh, homo uh, a gay i i am not I like, think the federal government it? would have to recognize, yes, recognize that's that. That's funny. We do a thought. I don't know. We New got Hampshire? more guys definitely. New Hampshire but, uh, is we little... have we have many army over here who is definitely gay. The American uh, are gay fagato. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. Well, that's not very nice. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if we he may not be using the hate word in the to the same meaning that we would maybe. Maybe he was talking about the army people. Not maybe it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it sounded like he said he hated gay people. And And, uh, yeah, that's not going to get you much time on Free Talk Live. I'll tell you that. I don't don't really like that very much. Intolerance is not uh, something that I appreciate. And I don't know if I want people that hate gay people to come over here, so uh, no thanks. But if that's what he was saying, and you're right, we didn't give him a chance to explain himself. And it could have been a crank call. I'm not sure about that. I'm not I don't sure. know. Like, I love the internet. Uh, very good. I don't think so. I think that yeah, was real. It was Internet-o? a very good accent, from what I can tell. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the internet thing sounded kind of silly. <laughs> and, and we do run the uh, the ads on Sunday about uh, speaking English Japanese. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. All right, so 800 259 9231. Uh, let's uh, continue here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. So, Sam, you had an encounter. Uh, we'll talk about Mark Emery here in a little bit, but you had an encounter on the streets of Keene today, Keene, New Hampshire, which is where we do our radio show from, with a politician. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're all starting to prepare for their campaigns. It is the and season. So forth, the and... signage is going up. Oh, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the day when we don't have to, to drive around at any point in the year and actually see these campaign signs when we're finally done with this whole government thing. <laughs> they're so, they're so nasty to look at on the, the landscape. Anyway, go ahead. They are. So on the, the local morning show here, the, this, this, uh, Katrina Sweat, uh, I, I think is her name. Was uh, on the air, and you know she's doing, she's dodging questions, not answering anything. She made the point that you know the wars are justified because in Afghanistan there was a girl who did something wrong, and they cut her nose off. 
So that justifies us sending troops over there and so forth. And I believe her husband cut her nose off. And, you know, that's a cultural thing. And I don't yeah. think that, that sending troops over there is going to change that. No, probably not. Um, and, and this person's a Democrat, too. And Democrats are supposed to be uh, against the war. No, they're traditionally, they're... but not anymore. I mean, there's no real difference between the two parties. Well, so is this somebody who's running for a federal level? Office? This is, yeah, a state or a, a federal House of Representatives. Got it. So she's going out at 1230 today for this uh, glad handing session. We're going to she's, she's going to be at the local coffee shop. Yeah. And, and meet people on the streets. And I figure, oh, I'll, I'll go attend that. Mm-hmm. So I grab my camera, dressed up kind of nice, put a, a nice shirt on and some jewelry and, and dress boots and all that. And uh, I didn't see them outside. They were supposed to be out front. And so then I walked in the door. And as I walk in, she she's right there. And she says, oh, hi, I'm I'm uh, Katrina so-and-so. And I'm running for this. And uh, nice to meet you. So she didn't run from the camera, at least. Well, it was in the bag at this uh, point. OK. And she goes, are you a, are you a Keene State College student? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, no, actually, this... I'm a journalist. I have a camera in the bag and I'd like to ask you a few questions. <laughs> Yeah, this okay. this happens when you get older. It's just the you know the younger people just look younger as it as it goes. I mean, now when I see kids in high school, I'm like, Good Lord, is that kid old enough to drive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. So uh, we get outside eventually. She didn't really answer that, and uh, immediately the campaign press person comes over and now who are you with? Da 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 da. Her handler. And and the mayor of the town who, you know, had us arrested for the drinking oh, game gosh. is there with her. So immediately he starts telling her, oh, it's, it's one of the free staters. Don't <laughs> talk to him. Don't say, just avoid him. Don't answer his questions. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. She's asking me who I'm with. And I said, oh, I, I'm one of the free staters <laughs> mm-hmm. as I was taking my camera out. And, uh, you know, they're going from shop to shop along the little downtown Main Street and uh, walking into the stores, talking to the owners and so forth. And and so she does this in this first little session that we have, goes into the kitchen store. I'm just kind of waiting for her outside. And when she comes back out, I, t- I start talking to her again. I'm like, are you going to have time to uh, answer questions for the press? Uh, and she goes, no, I, I don't I don't think so. We have a, a schedule here to meet and so forth. And <laughs> just totally, they, they sort of block me off and so forth. So... What do I do? I said, all right, well, I'm sorry about this, but you really leave me no option as I walk around in front of them, point the camera at them and record and say, uh, I'm just going to have to ask you questions like this. So you weren't recording uh, up until that point? No, no, I was. I was. Yeah. All right. More coming up here. Uh, We'll find out what uh, transpired with uh, Sam versus the politician. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site for free, including 
our wiki. Over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. Head there. Get interactive. It's all free. That's right. Uh, Antiwar.com, your source for all your anti-war news and views for 15 years, is having its quarterly pledge drive. You can strike a blow against the empire and give to antiwar.com. Go to antiwar.com slash donate. They have a telephone number there if you would prefer to use the uh, telephone to do so. Right there at antiwar.com slash donate. And that live read is donated by Jason Osborne. From SACL CAI. Indeed. All right, 800-259-9231. As uh, we continue here, uh, brief, uh, briefly going to continue your story, Sam, and then we'll get back to your phone calls. But Sam was on the streets of uh, Keene, New Hampshire, They're our hometown here uh, this morning, and uh, you went out for the purposes of uh, meeting up with a politician. You heard her being interviewed on the radio and dodging questions, so you figured you'd go out and uh, have her dodge some of your questions. <laughs> right. And uh, you went out with your video camera, and you asked her nicely to uh, to talk to you, and she didn't want to. Uh, and so you you start you were recording already at that point, uh, but you then began to, uh, uh, I guess, step it up a little bit. Circled around in front, yeah, as they're walking down the street. And, you know, the next stop, they, they went back in the store. Well, I had started asking about the war and, you know, how can you justify going over there to, you know, just because one person gets their nose cut off. You're talking about risking the lives of, of the men and women in the military. Uh, you know, we had this Pakistan thing where they killed seven insurgents with these predator drones. And, and oops, sorry, we also killed 700 innocent civilians. How is that going to make the world a safer place? And how can you possibly justify war? If it just saves one nose. <laughs> Cut off your nose to spite your face. It yeah. gets a new meaning. I understand how people feel like there's no solution for this uh, this problem. If this woman is over there in Pakistan and, and there's no escape for her, um, or Afghanistan or wherever it was that this woman lost her nose. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's a horrifying picture if you've seen it on the Internet. But, I, you know, the really the solution is make bring the troops home, all of the troops from all the countries, uh, yep. get, get America out of other countries business, um, just allow Americans to deal with other people in other countries the way they wish to. Uh, if, if people want to donate to some kind of war effort in some pl- location, it's been done. Check out the Armenian uh, Revolution and check out the the IRA. Both of these were financed. Both these wars were financed through voluntary means by Americans. Mm-hmm. So um, all these things can be done. And. And open up the borders and let people who are refugees from horrible places come here and move here and create a better life for themselves. If this woman really wanted to leave her husband who cut her nose off, where could she she, go? Right. She can steal some money out of the uh, the cookie jar, hop on the plane, fly over here to the United States. You can have railroads. You can have underground railroads that assist with those things. Yes, people would want to do that. I mean, people, I, I, I would to totally help. donate to an organization that would set up a, a fund for Escape women that fund. would that would fly them yeah. over here. And, and, yeah, you're right. I mean, people would want to help with that. And how much more effective would that be rather than going over and turning uh, places into parking lots and bombing them to, you know, kingdom come? You know what the most effective way to turn, uh, you know, people that the people, you know, sort of the Stone Age people that believe this crap and the, the you know, the Muslim religion where the, the, the husband can do whatever they want in the, in the household and the way it's sort of culturally. To appears. open your arms to them and, and yeah. embrace them rather than. Get them here in the United States. Leave. Yeah. When when uh, families move here, those women become far more westernized. They say, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not dealing with this crap anymore. Pretty soon they're wearing jeans and walking around without their, without a, a scarf over their head. Sure, some husbands don't put up with it. And sure, it takes another generation with some women. Uh, but the, the, the girls are far more westernized than their moms are. Absolutely. 
So they ducked into the the next store on the on the block there, and when they finally come back out, the next one in the in the row there is a restaurant. There's people eating outside, and of course, she goes up, introduces herself, mm-hmm. does the whole thing. Well, two of these, uh, one couple was sitting at one of the tables, and they saw me, heard me asking the questions as she was going into the previous store. And as I turn around, they're kind of looking at me, smiling, knowing what I'm up to. Nice. And uh, after she's she's passing them she the 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 couple turns to the the congress lady or the the politician and says now make sure you answer his questions we want you to answer his questions (laughs) wow what did she do with that pressure oh she ignored it nice so really (laughs) responding to the constituents there so then we're walking down the street she's gonna be a good politician right (laughs) Mm -hmm. we cross over main street meet up with some teachers uh the teachers are talking about how important education is, so I attack that with the $18,300 that they're spending per student here in uh, Cheshire County. And uh, then they meet up. The next person that she stops and says hi to and does the whole pitch thing is like this 60-year-old guy, uh, you know, just average, everyday, senior citizen-looking person. And she's she goes through her whole pitch, and I, I sure hope you'll vote for me. And he says, nope. That's it. I voted for Lynch, who was the governor, mm-hmm. and that guy didn't do anything he says. I am done with voting. I, I don't vote anymore. So he voted for a Democrat, because that guy's a Democrat. I guess, and yeah. she's a Democrat, as you said. Yes, right? she is. So... So I just I love that. And and her and Dale were both like, oh, well, you sh- you really should vote. You know, the yeah. mayor and them, you, you really need to vote and, and participate. You know, this is it, it really is just whizzing in their Cheerios when you say something like that. I don't vote anymore. <laughs> you know, Your system sucks. I, you know, and I can understand the frustration this guy has. I'm not of the opinion that voting solve uh, that voting solves much. And I'm, I'm not of the opinion that not voting solves much of anything either. But, um, you know, it, it just when you tell the politicians that, well, I'm not going to vote anymore, it just makes them crazy. So then she gives me her, you know, buzz off speech with which is her answer to all of my questions and so forth. And I'll tell you what she said in a minute. But I, basically, she I, I leave them at that point because I have to go uh, to another meeting. Uh, but the couple from across the street that was sitting at the tables, yeah. they were they were right there and they were walking by and they they looked at me and they said, well, did she answer your questions? I said, well, she she told me that these issues are complicated and and very difficult, and sometimes there's not a right answer that's obvious. But what's important is but killing your, people is always the right answer. No, she said, what's important is your passion, and 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 it's clear that you care. And I I looked at him and I said, what the f does that mean? And they looked at me and were just laughing their butts off, like, oh, I can't believe these politicians. Wow. So, it's a well, great clearly, experience. Clearly, the uh, the people on the streets of Keene hate uh, free staters, and uh, they want <laughs> you to go home. I guess so. But unfortunately, I got home to uh, offload the footage. I was going to get it out today, and I marked some old clips to to delete them, and I ended up formatting the card. So, oh, you lost it. I lost everything. I, I can yeah. send the card back, and for two hundred sixty bucks in a couple weeks, get the footage back. But I don't think it's I don't worth think it's it. Worth it. Yeah, nah. just, a, just a politician dodging questions. There'll be plenty more chances to, exactly uh, to get that footage. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, what were you going to say about what she? Uh, there was one more thing you were going to add to uh, that. Something you were going to tell? Oh us no, that, that was it. The, oh, okay. Her her answer Got to it. to why you know these things are just too complicated to solve. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything, and you know, by the way, we need more of this kind of stuff. I mean, Sam, you're you're one of the uh, the more active uh, videographers in the movement. 
Jason Talley's now here, and he's up in the Grafton area, and he's very active as well. But I, I think Her, we yeah. need to see more of this kind of uh, street-level uh, activism, and, and you can't do it all yourself. Uh, no, but her press secretary accused me of being paid to come and bird dog her. <laughs> <laughs> paid by... I don't know. The opponent. evil cabal of people that's secretly behind the Free State Project that is actually funding all of us uh, through secret uh, payments and uh, Ed Koch or whoever, whatever his name is, Cooper Murdoch. He just he signs my check. Yeah. All right. More coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You get the features there for free. Enjoy them. And they include uh, our main feature of the site actually allows you, the listener, to control the content. Uh, when you go to freetalklive.com, you'll see the main column. All of the content there was created by listeners like you. All you need to do is go to submit, a sh- uh, submit show prep. On the site, you can uh, take any link from the internet and put it in there, something you think is pretty useful, interesting, fun, whatever you want. If it's a news article or a video or blog post that you think our listeners would enjoy, you submit it to the site. Other listeners then vote on whether they like or dislike it, and you can vote, too, on various different things. And the most voted up will make it to the front page of the website, meaning we are more likely to see them and talk about them here on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com, get interactive. Now then, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you want to join them? I did. And you can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue with your phone calls, Michael is in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with the Sam and Mark. Hello, Michael. Hey, guys. What's up? What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I realized a couple... Maybe last week you guys were talking about the medical effects of ecstasy and uh, I guess how it's not a horrible, horrible drug, right? Oh, absolutely not. In fact, the, the, the information that we were sharing on a recent Saturday program, I think it was two weeks ago at this point, uh, was that uh, the first study has been done finally after years, uh, the, the first out in the open study. So psychologists have been quietly studying this for a long time. Uh, but uh, the out in the open study it was ap- approved by the FDA and the, the DEA after a decade of trying to get it approved. It was approved finally in the early portion of this decade. And they, uh, they actually completed the study. I think it was in 2004 was when they actually, or excuse me, they started the study in 2004. And it was a very limited number of subjects, but it was scientific. Uh, the study was scientific in that they had control groups and, uh, you know, double blind and all that. Uh, yeah. And they found that uh, overwhelmingly these people they were studying had PTSD. They were lifelong, uh, long-time sufferers of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. 
and they had tried all the treatments, they tried all the legal drugs, they had all of that had failed. These people still had the PTSD, and it was still just wrecking their lives. And they went in for this study. They took two doses of MDMA, not at the same time, but over a, I think it was like a, a couple months, where they uh, they dosed MDMA and they had psychotherapy as well. Uh, at the same time, and uh, basically the uh, the MDMA cured the PTSD completely, and I think it was something like 83% of the people that actually received MDMA instead of the placebo. So they had an incredible uh, level of success with literally eliminating all symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder in the in these subjects. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. I guess my only comment on it was, I guess, how you guys brought it up. It seemed like you guys were defending the, you know, I guess it wasn't like that bad of a drug. And oh, it's a great! I the, love ecstasy. MDMA is a fantastic, uh, incredibly powerful chemical, and I don't recommend abusing any drug. But I think that used in moderation, it can be an, an amazing experience for people, and I highly recommend it. Although, you yeah. know, I recommend doing it safely and learning about it before you uh, engage in it, and, and making sure you, you know, have the right set and setting, the right people uh, around, and that you learn about it over at, uh, for instance, great resource website like Arrowid.org. I think that it changed me for the better. Well, I guess my comment on it is just that you guys seem to be defending the drug. Now, personally for myself, um, I'm not a drug user, but I still think people should have the freedom to even do drugs that will pretty much kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I definitely am not the one to judge like what people put in their body. And I guess my only criticism is, I guess, how you guys uh, defend, I guess, like ending the drug war is that drugs aren't that bad. But I'm an advocate that I think people should be able to put a poison in their body because it's their own body. And I guess I just wanted to comment and let you guys know maybe you guys are approaching from the wrong angle. Well, yeah, thank- I listened to the same show, and I, I didn't happen to be here. And Ian I- isn't that great at bringing up – normally Ian plays a, a different uh, you know side of the fence of this. And normally I'm here to say things like uh, you know the, the drug war affects people, affects people that don't even use drugs, explain to them you know all those, all those reasons. And I, I didn't feel it got it thoroughly addressed on that particular uh, show. Well, we weren't talking about the war on drugs on that show. We were talking about the effectiveness of MDM. In curing PTSD, that was the focus of the conversation. Okay. I have said many, I have said many a times, it's your body, and you should be able to put bleach in, you know, your veins if you want to. It's, it's not my body; it's yours. You should be able to make those choices for yourself. That wasn't the focus of the conversation. The focus of the conversation was to point out that this is an incredibly powerful drug that not only has uh, recreational uses, but it has amazing effects on significant uh, mental uh, disorder, and and it really is helping people. So that was the way I wanted to focus on it, and then I kind of act, you know, I kind of supplanted that with my personal experience and and how that you know they're using the MDMA to treat people with PTSD. So like soldiers that have been through just horrifying experiences and and helping them come to grips with what it is that they've experienced and helping them actually talk about these issues with the psychotherapist. It helps them open up and it helps them empathize, and uh, of course it is an empathogen. And I explained that, uh, you know, I think that uh, people will be better off if, if soldiers took them before they went to war because then they wouldn't want to go to war anymore and we wouldn't have to, you know, they would be able to empathize with the people they were being ordered to kill. And uh, we wouldn't have wars if everybody had tried this uh, this product. And I'm sp- speaking specifically of MDMA, uh, not the street version, uh, which is ecstasy. So that was kind of my focus in that conversation, okay. but I appreciate where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, if I could say one more thing, um, I guess I've been a libertarian. I worked in a campaign for a Republican that ran as a libertarian, well, a libertarian that ran as a Republican. Um, and I'm pretty much convinced on the views of anarcho-capitalism. But the one thing I have a hard time, I guess, subjecting myself to, because maybe I was brought up in a conservative family, is the idea of an abortion. And 
I guess I could see the pro-choice stance at the first couple months, but that last trimester, like the partial birth abortion, I don't think really people could sell me on that. I guess I'm kind of curious what your own personal views are on that. I'll go first on this one, and I'm of the opinion that abortion is not a liberty issue because there are two... Uh, conflicting liberty issues at hand, which is, one, the ownership of women of their own bodies, and I'm certainly not going to dispute that. Two is the um, the issue of life of the 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 child, the infant, the, the fetus, whatever term you want to use. And to me, I believe um, that that liberty and the, the libertarian view is a is a view of personal responsibility. So if um, you know, I, if if a person steps out in the middle of the tr- the street, they're taking a certain risk. Cars go back and forth, and the expectation is you could get hit by a car. You should take precautions. If you don't pay, take precautions, you're more likely to get hit by a car. But it can always happen, and you know that's just the way it is. Sex results in children, if especially if you don't take uh, steps in to prevent it. So I'm of the opinion that it is immoral to abort a pregnancy. However. I think that we've tried uh, throughout the years a prohibition on abortion, and that works poorly. So I think that uh, you know these th- that it should be put in the arena, arena of ostracism or whatever. Uh, some well, let organization. the market decide. Let the market solve it. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think it's a really tough choice for a woman to make a decision like that. And obviously, the longer it goes, the more difficult uh, physically and the more difficult mentally it, it likely has to be. I agree that uh, so you can't solve this problem through prohibition because then you're just going to create dangerous, uh, even more dangerous situations for the women seeking those uh, those treatments. And putting a woman in a jail cell is certainly not going to uh, improve her life. And I don't support any kind of violence as uh, as a solution here. I think that uh, given enough time and effort, uh, money can solve this problem where people who really care can offer these women money to carry their baby out to term and, you know, then essentially adopt it from them, take it out, uh, essentially take it out of their hands. That'll be part of the deal. Like, look, instead of getting the abortion, we'll pay you this to uh, to continue on and and uh, and have the baby, etc. Science would be able to possibly support a fetus that was aborted instead of having it having to die that it would maybe be able to be put in some sort of a test tube uh you know environment of uh, of some sort so there's there would be ways i think that the market could uh, could handle that problem sam your thoughts on that he doesn't want to comment on yeah, it. i've been looking up something else <laughs> so uh so there you go that answer your question all right yep oh but before you go sam Thanks you again. did want to jump in on the mdma thing right yeah ab- ab- absolutely uh there's a peter jennings ecstasy rising where they talk about how it was brought in to dallas as a psychotherapy drug for people who have been raped or had other traumatic experiences, it let them relive the experience without all the emotion, and, and it made a huge difference. So there is a really valid use for this drug. Thank you uh, for the call tonight, Michael. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. Remaining moments on the way. Free talk. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, that's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation, twice, and the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. You take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. This is Free Talk Live, and the number is 800-259-9231. We've got enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. 
So uh, enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on the air and more markets, uh, get more internet listeners listening to the program, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over uh, to promote.freetalklive.com. So we were just talking for a moment uh, there with Michael in uh, Michigan about uh, MDMA, and he was a little concerned with uh, with my perhaps uh, approach the other night when we were when we were discussing it. And yeah, I just want to reiterate: I firmly believe that the the core issue, and I agree with Michael, the core issue about uh, about the, the the war on drugs is to uh, the the core issue is to uh, you know to, to focus on that that it's. It, it's your body, but that's if you're talking to like a liberal. That's going to respond. I think a liberal's going to respond fairly fairly well to that. A conservative isn't really going to care so much about it being your body because, well, they've historically tried to control what you can do with your body, so that's not going to be persuasive. So it really just depends on who you're talking with. Uh, you have to tailor your message to your audience, and of course, when we're on the radio, our audience is everybody. So <laughs> and we try to attack it from as many different angles as we can if we're talking about the general concept of of uh, legalizing. So if you're talking with a conservative, you might want to show them how this war on drugs is counterproductive, how the war on drugs is costing more uh, than anything else, that it's uh, that it's hurting the people that it intends to help, that uh, the amount of money that's being spent is uh, astronomical and the results are nil, that they haven't done anything despite the billions of dollars they've spent to actually reduce the usage of these drugs. In fact, usage has, has risen uh, over the over time, and the drugs have gotten harder as a result of prohibition. So, focusing on uh, the, the audience is uh, is a really important step. And again, the other night we were just talking about the actual drug and and the kind of the the details about it, and and correcting a lot of misinformation. And one of the bits of misinformation that, I, that we certainly didn't mention tonight, I don't know if we really touched too much on it that night, was this idea that MDMA or ecstasy is going to Put holes in your brain. Ooh. Well, turns out that uh, that study that was widely cited with the holes in the brain thing wasn't really done very well at all. I don't have the details in front of me as to uh, to what that was. But if you go to Arrowhead.org, they've got all that information there. It basically was uh, a study that was funded by people that wanted to make MDMA look bad. And... Uh, Sure enough, they found out that it was bad because that's what they were hired to do, and it's just not true. Now, that's not to say that the substance is benign, that uh, that you can just pop these, like, uh, you know, candy and that you're going to be okay. No, this is an incredibly powerful substance that uh, releases, uh, you know, essentially your serotonin uh, into your, your brain. And uh, if you take a lot of it, you're going to have some kind of – you're going to have some side effects, some yeah. pretty significant side effects. There are some zombies out there who have just ruined their life because they've taken MDMA, but they're the people that are taking 10, 12, 20 hits – in a Every weekend, weekend. Yeah. because they all build the evidence, up a tolerance. All the evidence is that, that you will, you know, that, that you'll recover from even the it's worst uh, situations where you, you know, take this stuff over time. It takes time, though. It takes mm-hmm. time to recover. You can't, you, you can't just keep on popping this stuff and then expect the day after you stop to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when you compare, and I think that when when you talk about MDMA being a benign drug, all drugs have side effects, and you know, side, side effects, the, the kind of side effects that it, it causes aren't good. But when you look at it comparative to other drugs like, like alcohol alcohol tobacco <laughs> meth. <laughs> uh, meth crack you know all the things that are um the ones that it's on the same scale with as far as the government goes they you know they claim that 
crank and crack and heroin are just as bad as this. And all the evidence shows that they're far worse. Mm-hmm. So putting this on the same level as those essentially misinforms kids. When kids find out different, they consider the people that told them this information to be a bunch of liars, which is true, um, or at least misinformed, and then they, they cease to believe you. You can't tell people lives and then expect them to continue to believe you. Yeah, did, I think we all learned that with the boy who cried wolf uh, story when we were well, younger. When the government cries wolf, the expectation is you'll believe. Yeah. When parents cry wolf, you have to believe, right? So just I think it's important to get uh, the the truth about especially a substance like MDMA which I personally found uh, very effective in my life to increase my level of uh, as I mentioned on the show my appreciation for nature for instance was uh, dramatically increased by the the first time uh, that I that I did MDMA and at the at my peak of usage of MDMA I was doing it maybe 3 or 4 times a year and that would you know give me enough time to keep it special basically because MDMA is something that has kind of a reverse, uh, I mean, I don't know if reverse tolerance is the right word for it, but basically the effects are diminished fairly significantly. So if you were to take MDMA one night and then take it again the next night, you would have to significantly increase your uh, your dose Dosage, yeah. uh, in order to c- try to come close to the same effects you had uh, the first night. And so if you're starting to do it on a weekend basis or a fairly you know, re- regular basis, you have to continually you know, keep, keep your dosage up and increase your dosage. And then you're talking about spending a lot of money because this stuff is very expensive and you're doing all kinds of uh, – it's not irreversible damage from what we can tell, but you are going to – to have some serious side effects which could result in depression uh, afterwards. But if you're just taking one and it's months and months until you take another one, you're not going to have those. Uh, it's likely that you're not going to have those uh, those effects. Provided you don't get a bad batch because of the uh, black market. There's Indeed. that too. And that's something you have to be concerned with. That's why I'm always... Uh, making the clarification between MDMA and ecstasy, because ecstasy is what you're going to buy at a club. Uh, It's going to be a pressed pill. The MDMA is usually, uh, the the molly, as they call it on the street, is usually available in uh, a form where essentially it's in a capsule. It's this kind of white powder, or I've seen it as brown powder as well, uh, in in a capsule. It's sold differently. The price is is about the same, but it just depends on your source and who you're getting it from. And when you're getting those pressed pills from some guy in a club, you know it may not even be MDMA. What you be may be taking may be something completely different. And uh, and of course, a lot of the, uh, the the overdoses that you hear about are actually coming from people that are overheating and dehydrating as a result of not having a, an appropriate set and setting. Uh, they're not in the right place to do this. They're they're in a club where they've turned off the water at the sinks and you know or something like that. I mean, there's some really crazy things that go on. Uh, that where the, where the club wants to sell like five dollar bottles of water, right? And, but drinking water is the hip thing to do when you're uh, rolling. It's on the smart thing to do. You need ex- to hydrate. Indeed, yourself. it's a good idea, but it's also the hip thing to do is to buy these bottles of water and people carry it around. And so they they don't want them going to the tap and filling up these waters after they yeah. bought one five dollar water or bringing their own bottle with them. So they'll they they want to sell more and more five dollar bottles of water. So they'll turn off the water in the sink. Yeah. So. Disgusting. That's that's what leads to uh, to deaths because people are using irresponsibly and and then there are the occasional adulterated you know substances things that people got that they weren't expecting uh, but that tends to be more of a I think that that kind of thing affects more of like heroin users and things like that where where you get a, a batch of heroin that's significantly different in strength from the last batch that you got and you're putting it into your veins <laughs> so you've got a, a much more risky uh, situation there. 
So I just kind of I just I think it's important to clarify these things for people because there's so much misinformation out there about these drugs. And by the way, I'm always amused when somebody says I don't do drugs. And I didn't ask him because, you know, he was relatively friendly. He wasn't like a drug warrior. But really, you you don't take caffeine. You never you never had a cup of coffee before. You you've never uh, had some alcohol. You don't do drugs. I mean, come on. Who doesn't have some sort of substance, some kind of uh, mind altering, uh, su- uh, consciousness affecting substance that they prefer? They are out there. There well, are these you know teetotalers or yeah, uh, these straight uh, edge straight edge people. But so there's there's uh, that there's that them. classification. Then there's classification of people who don't do illegal drugs, and that's what uh, you know. Ah, both yes. of them would say that the, the same thing, and you don't know the difference in this guy's case but some of them you know there i think that there's some power in someone saying look i don't do illegal drugs but i choose to uh, and i've never done illegal drugs but i choose to want to let people uh, i choose to believe that it's best to let people do what they wish with their bodies i believe they own them and, and you know you can come at it from a principled stance that way and i think it, it can be convincing to some people one of the things i like to point out with alcohol is uh you know what happens when you drink too much of it what do they call that you get a hanger drunk well, when wasted. You, further than that, s faced. No, when you when you really drink too much and it makes you sick. What do they call alcohol that? poisoning? Yeah. Now, why is it alcohol poisoning and not alcohol overdose? Hmm. When you take too much of other drugs, they call yeah, it an overdose. It's an overdose. Yeah. And that would group it in with all of those illegal drugs. drugs. So it's, it's propaganda. It's not food that you're being poisoned by. It's a mm-hmm. drug. Yeah. And when you take too much alcohol, it can kill you because it's a dangerous, lethal drug. People One die of the most from dangerous. it. Incredibly dangerous. And so that's kind of the propaganda that that I'm sure the uh, the alcohol companies have put out there to make people think that oh well you know it's alcohol poisoning that's. And it just sort of, it's one of those things to separate it out from the other drugs. And alcohol is a depressant, and look at the anger that uh, that oh, it yeah. sparks in people and the fights, fights, the constant fights. How many ecstasy users get into fights when they're on, when they're rolling? <laughs> it's pretty rare. I would imagine so. They're more likely to hug somebody. I mean, it's it's a very, uh, imp- imp- well, it's an empathogen. It, uh, it helps people with empathizing with others. Anyway, we are out of time. But if you're going to learn more, you should. This is not the best source of information. Go to arrowid.org, E-R-O-W-I-D.org, before you do anything like that. See you tomorrow night. Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 